looks down on the earth. You, O Lord, abide forever, and your name through all generations. You will arise and have mercy on Zion, for it is time to pity her. For her stones are dear to your servants, and her dust moves them to pity. The nations shall revere your name, O Lord, and all the kings of the earth your glory. When the Lord has rebuilt Zion and appeared in his glory, when he has regarded the prayer of the destitute and not despised their prayer. From heaven the Lord looks down on the earth. Let this be written for the generation to come, and let his future creatures praise the Lord. The Lord looked down from his holy height. From heaven he beheld the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoners, to release those doomed to die in their heart. So again, I'm going to reflect on the psalm today. And this psalm from 102 is unique in the entire Psalter because of its introductory line. You know, so many times we've seen in the psalms a psalm of a David or a psalm of Asaph or for the singers or for the Levites. And when we see these little introductions of the psalm, but this one is unique because it calls us to personal prayer, to personal prayer in time of great need. And this psalm actually opens Well, okay, in this translation it says, The prayer of one afflicted and wasting away, whose anguish is poured out before the Lord. This psalm is a psalm that is written to be sung or said specifically in a personal way for those who are afflicted, for those who are seeking God's help, seeking God's healing. And this is a very unique beginning to the psalm. No other psalm begins this way. I'm reminded of a, of a hymn that I was when I was a Methodist. It was one of my favorite hymns, and it was called "In the Garden." And when it was struck from the Methodist hymnal, it upset a lot of people. But the Methodist liturgists said, "No, this is not a song that's intended for public worship. It's a song that is intended only for private devotion, because it speaks of my personal relationship with God. I come to the garden alone." And he walks with me, and he talks with me. And the joy we share, none other has ever known. And they said, that's really not a public hymn. It's a private hymn. And so this is a private psalm. This is a psalm that we pray in our own private devotion in times of great distress. And the psalmist cries out to the Lord. It begins with the, the name of God, the name of God given to Moses which we translate in our English translation as Lord. Lord, it says, Lord, hear my prayer. Let my cry come to you. Of course, we know from the words of Jesus that God is always listening. We don't need to ask God to listen to us. He is listening. He sees every sparrow that falls. He counts every hair on the, on the person's head. And I'm making God's job easier because I keep losing my hairs. But God is always listening. God is always watching out for us. And then we begin this complaint. The psalmist begins his complaint to God. 
Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Turn your ear to me when I call. Answer me quickly, for my days will vanish like smoke. My, burn, my bones burn away as in a furnace. My heart is withered, dried up like the grass, too wasted to eat my food. The psalmist is complaining about his intense personal bodily suffering. I have a complaint to you, O God. I am suffering this way. And in so many times, we see this in our own lives. We suffer. But one of the greatest issues of our suffering is our personal isolation when we suffer. Then when we feel isolated, and so much so more now, as so many are facing isolation or quarantine, and they're suffering to God, and they're suffering alone. And this complaint cries out to God. Hear me, Lord. I'm all alone. And he goes, Psalmist, um, goes on to say, My heart is withered. It is dried up like grass, too wasted to eat my food. From my loud groaning, I become just skin and bones. I'm like a desert owl, a solitary bird, a desert owl. Like an owl among the ruins, I lie awake and moan, lone like a sparrow on the roof. All day long my enemies taunt me in their rage. They make my name a curse. I eat ashes like bread, mingle my drink with tears because of your furious wrath. Because of your furious wrath? The psalmist says, by suddenly blaming God, you're angry with me, God. And because of your furious wrath, you have lifted me up only to cast me down. This type of passage becomes a problem for people who want to see the entire Bible as a level playing field. It's all just the same. But we have under, come to understood through the life and teaching gen, ministry of Jesus that the Bible is not a level playing field. It is an ascending mountain, really, you could say, because it leads up to the life and teaching ministry of Jesus, that perfect revelation of God revealed in the life and teaching ministry of Jesus, reflected to us in the words of Christ himself, in his actions, and in the reflection on his life by the holy apostles. And St. Peter, reflecting on the life of Jesus, when he thought about Jesus with the, with the woman who was caught in adultery, and the law said that he must stone her, he said, no, no, it, we're not going to obey that law anymore. We have a, a new understanding of God, and that is understanding of mercy and compassion. When he reflected upon when, when uh, several people in Galilee were killed, when a, a tower fell upon them, and everybody said, oh, they must be terrible sinners for this tower to suddenly fall upon them like that. But Jesus said, no, they were just like everybody else. They're just like you. We're all going to face destruction at some point. Our physical destruction is a natural outgrowth of our participation in a physical universe. In fact, the entire universe in 50 billion years or so is going to be destroyed. It's going to waste away. This is the natural course of things. And Peter, reflecting upon the words of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus, said this, It is not God's will that anyone should perish. Now, indeed, our physical bodies will perish, but we will not perish. 
Our souls, our spirits live on for eternity with God. That is God's will. It is not, we face troubles not because God is angry with us, not because of his wrath, but because out of God's love and mercy, he has given us the privilege to live in this physical universe, to participate in this physical universe. And by the way we live our lives in this physical universe, God can reward us with eternity in heaven. And then the psalmist goes on to express great confidence in God. He says, my days are like a lengthening shadow. I wither like grass. But you, O Lord, you are enthroned forever. He's taking his eyes off of his own suffering and he is looking up to God. And there's great joy in that. There is great confidence in that. There is great faith and hope. Yes, I'm suffering right now but oh my goodness gracious God is with me and look at how great and how powerful you are you are enthroned forever your renown is through all generations you will again show mercy to Zion now is the time for mercy the appointed time has come its stones are dear to your servants its dust moves them to pity the nations shall fear your name O Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory once the Lord has rebuilt Zion and appeared in glory, heeding the plea of the lowly, not scorning their prayer, let this be written for the next generation, a people not yet born, that they may praise the Lord. Oh, there is such tremendous power in giving God praise in the midst of our troubles, in giving God praise when we are afflicted, to looking to God and not to ourselves, to focusing on His mighty power, and not our temporal affliction. To attend to the groaning of the prisoners, to release those doomed to die, then the Lord's name will be declared on Zion, his praise in Jerusalem. For his turns of prayer of confidence in God and his proclamation of God's care for Jerusalem. We have a similar passage in our own liturgy. Look not upon our sins, but upon the faith of your church. In other words, we're saying to God, you care for your church. You have given your life for your church. You have you have and betrothed yourself to your church to be your bride. So then, Lord, we pray, look upon me as a part of your church and let your favor rest on me as well. It's reminiscent of those opening uh, lines in the Lord's Prayer, our kingdom come. Uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, God, you take care of us when we dwell in the heavenly places. You care for your Christ. You care for your Messiah. And we are in Christ as members of your church. It calls upon God to reach out to us in confidence. In confidence because God's great love for his church extends to us as well. And then as the psalm comes to an end, the psalmist once again pray. It's a plea to God, but not this time based upon God's wrath or my own anxiety, but upon his confidence in God. I plead, O oh my God, do not take me in in the midst of my days. Your years last through all generations of old. You laid the earth's foundations. 
The heavens are the work of your hands. They perish, but you remain. They all wear out like a garment, like clothing. You change them, and they are changed. But you are the same. Your years have no end. May the children of your servants live on, and may their descendants live in your presence. And again, going back to the Lord's Prayer, how reminiscent this is of that final acclamation in the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. See, when we are in trouble, we do not need to focus on our difficulties. We need to focus on God's greatness. And then the anxieties of our afflictions seem to pass away. And filled with confidence, we know the Lord's care for us. Let us go to God now in prayer. 